What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, but listen, that's not even important. What's important is the guest today. I was crying in our interview. I cried after our interview because all I wanted was to know God more. I have chills on my arms right now telling you, if you want to hear the gospel in a fresh way, you're literally about to hear it. If you need, if you are like, feel like you're caught in a cycle, if you feel like there's sin or temptation coming at you, if you feel guilt or shame from something that happened a long time ago, if you feel something that you know isn't God, you have an encouraging word coming your way about a fresh yes. I feel like the chills are growing on my arms. Listen, you've got to share this with your friends. You've got to listen to this man, Tim Manigault. He is amazing. We're part of International Young Prophets together. I do an introduction when we start this, but listen, this man is filled with love, love, love. He knows the Lord. He has found the Lord and the Lord has met him where he was in his darkest hour and brought him up to the standard. And I can't wait for you to hear this story. Oh my goodness. I am just in awe. So anyways, I hope you feel the same way afterwards. But um, this week, if you find value, write a, a written review so that I can see who's listening. It really helps. Share this podcast with your friends. Message me. Let me know how you feel about this. I want to hear from you. Like, what happened in your heart after you listened to Tim and what he shared with us today? Because it left me crying. Like, I'm, I'm crying right now. I'm like, it is so good. So anyways, I hope that you're encouraged because you are called to know him to know him, to go deeper into Jesus's heart, to be loved by him. Nothing you're going through right now is scary to God, okay? And it's never too late to look at him and say yes in a fresh way. And I cannot wait for Tim to unfold that for you um, because it's beautiful and it's lovely. Anyways, bless you guys. Love you, Set Apart fam. Thank you for being a part of this. It is a joy to bring free content and serve you and, and just have the joy of listening to so many amazing people. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Set Apart. You're in for a treat. Check it out. I met this boy. His name, he's, he's a man, okay? But listen, I met Tim. And you may not know who he is yet, but by the end of this podcast, you're going to know him. And I'm just believing that you're going to know Jesus more after this because this man has an amazing story with God and it's going to encourage you and it's going to empower you. He is a prophet. He is a worshiper. Him and his wife, Brandy, are the senior pastors at Ecos Church in Irvine, California. They're the senior leaders and co-founders of The Healing Voice in prophetic worship nights that they host and they host the influencer movement which is a conference that affirms equips and helps encourage young leaders and connect them together from all over the place so i'm sure we're going to hear more about that here in a little bit we met through international young prophets where we have had the privilege of traveling to the same cities and prophesying over church families and people in the body of christ we haven't yet met but we get to meet them through words of knowledge and words of encouragement prophetically. And he's also, is there, how long, how long and awesome is this? Clearly this man is called to ministry. Okay. Um, he's also part of heart of David with Rick Pino where, um, worship leaders are called to minister to the heart of God day and night. And so that's amazing because that is my heart is that we, his presence transforms our lives morning, noon, and night. And I'm a real big, um, contender for worship and prayer morning, noon, and night. So I know this is a great intro and this man can sing. And when I say he can sing, I'm not just saying, oh, he's got a great voice. No, like I get chills. This man can sing. Um, so 
Was that a great introduction, Tim? (laughs) Yes, it's bigger (laughs) than me. (laughs) That's when you know you're being led by God. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is a true honor to be with you. Hey, I have to tell y'all, this is funny. I met Tim. I was at our conference and... (laughs) I met Tim when he was on the floor encountering the Lord in worship and I went and sat by him, but I didn't know if I should sit down or not because he was kind of near my seat. But then I was like, should I sit by my friends or should I give him space? I don't know. And I was like, you know what? We're all family. So I go sit down and then later you emerge and you're like the whole time you're just like basking in the presence of God. And I was like, and, but that's like the best way to meet somebody. And so we were with, um, our international nonprofits here in Texas. And so that was a great first impression of you. Yeah. Hearing you speak a few times, you're really encouraging, you're super motivating. And you have a fresh word about having a fresh yes. And this is a time for everybody right now. If you're tuning in, I want you to hear everything this man has to say because he is a prophet. And I wouldn't invite him on here if I if he wasn't living a life that was displaying all that God had for him because I really believe who pours into you, like what we behold, we become. And he has Jesus in him, and he's going to pour it out with a fresh word. So let's dive in. Tell us yeah. this word that you have, and we'll we'll go from there and see how this flows and goes. Yeah, the Lord has been stirring in my heart really about um, the fresh yes. And when I first heard him say, um, you know, I want a fresh yes, I I knew exactly what he meant. But it kind of took me back because he was referencing something from my early childhood. I grew up in a church, a classic Pentecostal church, and uh, a big part of that denomination was the Yes, Lord anthem. It would be a song that we would sing over and over again. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And, uh, and so I grew up saying, yes, Lord. And then I, you know, I left and went to school, went to O. Roberts in Tulsa. Shout out to ORU. What's up? <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> And, you know, I had great exposure there and all those wonderful things, had the privilege of working for great ministries and all. Uh, But I knew he was calling me to a fresh yes because I spun out. I spun out and I hit the wall. And quite frankly, I lost my life. I just, I, I, everything fell apart. I got busy like so many of us easily do. And I actually tried to allow my schedule to regulate my consecration. And so by that, I mean that I tried, I thought that because I had my schedule so tight and, um, you know, this, this here and that there and this amount of time for that, that I was safe. And really, um, I, um, I kind of scheduled out my dependence on the secret place because with all of the running and the, all the serving and all those things, the best I knew to do was to kind of schedule as best I can to keep myself safe. But you cannot schedule out the secret place and you cannot depend on your schedule. No matter how firm and strict it is, you cannot depend on your schedule to be a safeguard for you. So I, in that, moved further and further away from the consistency of the secret place. And then I hit E. I hit E. And when I hit E, I felt the Lord say, come closer. And I had every excuse about why I wouldn't go to that secret place, why 
I couldn't, and this one needs, and that one needs. And finally, I hit the wall in a devastating way. Um, and quite frankly, I hit the wall in a way that nearly destroyed my family. Yeah, yeah I actually was unfaithful to my wife and just betrayed her. I betrayed not only my family, I betrayed the people that I was leading because I was a leader in the church. I was a, yeah. I was a Christian running after God, trying to give him my life. I served him from my youth. I didn't live a, you know, uh, this kind of salacious party life or anything. I was, I really meant what I meant when I wanted to serve the Lord. Yeah. But the enemy played the long game and he said, I'm never going to get this guy by dangling drugs in front of him. I'm not going to get this guy by dangling even, um, this uh, a provocative woman in front of him. What I've got to do to get him is I've got to wear him down in service to the church and to the Lord and his people yeah. to the point where he neglects that secret place time. So yeah. when I lost everything because of the devastation of my sin and my failure, he came to me and I thought he was going to come to me with all of the things that I had messed up, you know, <laughs> just waiting to tell me, well, look what you did. You really screwed this up. I had a great plan for you. And now, you know, all of this. And he came to me and he said, son, I want a fresh yes. I was actually in Houston at uh, my pastor's church, Pastor Randy Needham. Shout out to Pastor Randy Needham, dwelling place. Hey. <laughs> and uh, I was in a time of worship there after my life fell apart. I was, and I was on my knees and worship was being led. And I'm not one who has had a ton of uh, visions, um, like open visions. But um, so when they happen, there, they are extremely rare and precious to me. And in worship, I, I, I was taken into the 21st chapter of John, where the Lord had just been talking to Peter. And Peter had denied him three times. And I'm listening to him ask Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he said, do you burn with love for me with more than these? And Peter's response was amazing, right? He goes, I have great affection for you, Lord. Now, it sounds really simple because we got our Bible ears on. But I, I was saying to the church the other week, you know, if your wife came to you and said, baby, I love you so much. I love you. And your husband looked at, at, at you and said, I have a deep regard for you as well. You would say, <laughs> oh, what? You know? And here Jesus is saying, I, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter goes, I have a great affection for you. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you really read the, the translation of it, it's like, wow. And then he asks him again. And he says this time, instead of, instead of do you love me, burn with love with me more than these. And he says, uh, do you burn with love for me? And Peter says, I have a great affection for you again. And then the last time Jesus says to him, Peter, do you have a great affection for me? And Peter says, Lord, you know, I have a great affection for me. And in that, I see that Christ was not afraid of the gap between what Peter had to give him and the high calling he was calling him to. He would never lower the standard to where Peter was. He would always keep the standard the standard. But he was never afraid to come down to where Peter was and say, I'm going to walk you to where my high standard is if you just say yes. So in that moment, the Lord looked at me as I'm watching this play out. And he says to me, he asked me a question. The Lord asked me a question. He says, do you know why I'm still going to use him to be a patriarch in my church? Mm 
and not waiting for me to have an answer because he knew I didn't have one. He said, <laughs> he said, because I never changed my mind about him and I never changed my mind about you. And I came out of the vision. Oh, I was melted. I was a melted pile of just tears. Yeah. yeah. Because I knew what I did was reckless enough. It was vile enough. It was heinous enough to merit him saying, I'm done with you. But in his love, yeah. he said to me, do you love me? And I wonder if we approach these kind of situations, and, and there's so much going on in the body of Christ right now. Uh, and I believe that God is, doing, is using both. There is a cleansing flow that is happening in the body of Christ that is undeniably the will and work of the Father. Yes, yes, he's addressing, yes. he's addressing immorality. He's a, he's addressing misappropriation financially. He's addressing poor judgment. He's addressing all kinds of things. Anything that is not in health in the body, he's addressing it. Yeah. And yet, he is addressing. He is also calling a great stream of redemption and love to pour into the body as well. And I believe he's calling us because he wants that fresh. Yes. Yeah. So I was sharing with the with our team that there are going to be two types of voices that rise up in this day. It's going to be the true prophetic voice that calls for purity and holiness, righteousness, being set apart unto Come the on. Lord. Like, your, like yourself, Jamie, who is calling for a generation to return again to the secret place, to the love of the Father, that it wouldn't be perverted to anything vile. And there'll be another, another voice that rises up. That's the accuser of the brethren. And the accuser of the brethren is going to be slick and slimy. He's going to try to grab some of the prophetic lines to try to make it sound like they're in the same team. But you can always tell by the end result and the fruit. And the true prophetic voices shed the light of Christ untowards help and righteousness and purity and holiness in the context of love. And the accuser of the brethren comes to shine a light to bring destruction and devastation and annihilation to people's lives and the call of God on their lives. And you can tell by the fruit at the end when there's self-grandizement and a self-hidden agenda in it yeah. that, that seeks the demise of someone, that's not the spirit of the Lord. Yeah. But he doesn't lower the standard. So the standard remains high and yeah. the prophetic voice remains true and pure. I've watched some spiritual leaders in this hour, um, people like Patricia King and others, who have so notably carried such a passion for purity and holiness and righteousness and have told the righteous line that our generation needs. And I listen to her talk and you don't hear anything but the love of the Father. It's true. She's one of my, <laughs> spir she's one of my spiritual mamas and she is one of the people that, I, whose life I would want to emulate the way God called me to emulate him yeah. because it yeah. always points you to Jesus and, mm -hmm. and she will do the, she will deliver the hard word in yeah. love that points you yeah. back to Jesus for sure. Yeah. It's undeniable. So yeah. for me in that moment, he was calling mm -hmm. me back to a fresh yes. Would wow. I have the courage by his grace to say yes again? Because Wow. I wanted him to call me again. I wanted him to use me again, but I had to deal with all the mess, right? Because yeah. shame drove me into a cave, mm. shame hid me. And so I built walls around myself, hiding my sin because of shame. I didn't want to embarrass my family. I didn't want to embarrass myself. I, 
I truly love the Lord. And I know there are those that are snaky and slimy and they really aren't, aren't for the Lord. They view the body of Christ as a place to play around and mess with his people. That wasn't my journey. No. That wasn't my reality. I truly fell. And because of the shame, I built walls. Yeah. And those walls became a den of sin. They became, wow. It became a den of sin. So those walls that I thought was protecting me from people seeing my shame and sin wow. became actually a den of sin. So I would say, you know, encouraging people wow. who, who are walking with people who have fallen, who have hit the wall, dig in. Don't just be prophetic enough to see the sin. Be prophetic enough to hear what heaven has to say about their lives beyond the sin. Because yeah. Jesus yes. didn't die for them to end, for their life to end at the point of breakdown. Yeah. He came to break through. And I often said, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to get out of my sin. But the truth was this. I knew how to get out of it. I didn't know how to get out of it and keep my life. But the Lord didn't want me to keep my life. Wow. He wanted me to lay my life down and yeah. to grind it to the foundation yeah. so he could rebuild it on truth. Because when the enemy slid in with his lies and his, his scathing accusations and all of these things, he was coming after the core of who I was and who I'm called to be was a pure and holy man of God. Yes. Who I'm called to be is a righteous voice to our generation. Yeah. And I had to own that. I dropped the ball. When Jesus stood in front of me, he said, I'm sending for you. And that's the thing. Shame is such a grip, can have such a grip on you that you don't feel like you can say yes. Mm. You don't feel like you can say yes again. You feel unworthy within yourself. You feel unworthy within your community. Mm. You feel unworthy because of everything that you've done. And then you're worried about what are people going to say when they see me in this place? They're going to think that I'm still living like I was. And wow. so you try to defend. You try to deflect. You, wow. you could be stuck into trying to prove that you aren't that. And guess what? All of those things become idols. Yeah. And he says, he says, don't even become distracted with defending or deflecting or trying to justify yourself. Will you just look me in my face yeah. like Peter did and not deny that you, that you denied me, yeah. but look me in my face and just say, Lord, you know I have great affection for you. You see my weaknesses. I see that you're asking, do I love you at this level? And I'm only saying that I love you at this level, but I respect Peter for being honest because if you look back just a few chapters, he was telling the Lord, if all of these denied you, I won't deny you. Puffed up. Yeah. Saying, I got, I, I'll never walk away. And those of us who feel like we are beyond a fall or beyond Whoa. a mess, we are the ones who become the most susceptible, right? But this Whoa. time Peter says, look, I'm not going to be puffed up. I'm going to come low. I'm going to say, here's where I really think I am. I, I felt like maybe I got to give a, a strong apostle answer because I walked with you for three years, you know? And, and imagine all the di disciples that were walking with them saying, see, Peter was one of your favorite, you know, Peter, James, and John. Peter, you took up the mountain. You always, Peter was always hanging with you. Now look what Peter did. You should have took me, you know? Just yeah. kind of look, could you just imagine that, right? But Peter says, I'm not going to overstate it. I'm going to be truthful. I want to give this heavy, lofty, apostolic answer because I'm apostle Peter, right? No, he says, Lord, I got to be truthful with you. 
I have great affection for you. And if we will say yes where we are, yes, and mean it, he will walk us into everything that he has for us. I am like on the verge of weeping. I feel so much love behind every single word you're saying. And there's something profound about hearing. I mean, this is like so revelatory to me, just what you're sharing from the word and how it applies to your life and that God in his mercy and kindness and grace would take you to that place in the word, um, that he would take you to John 21 and that he would show you it. He would play it out for you, for you, yeah. so that yeah. you would know that he is for you. And I think so many times, um, I heard this today, um, what is it, the double jeopardy, you can't be tried twice for the same um, guilt. Cool. Sandy Ross is an amazing um, disciple here in San Antonio, and she was sharing that word today, and she's like, you can't be tried twice. Jesus won it all the first time. You can't be, you know, you, this enemy wants to remind you of your sin. He wants to bring it up, which is where shame comes in. It's like, we don't have double jeopardy. There's right. a court system in heaven, and I loved that word because it, it's reminding me of what you're saying, and it's so often times where we do something, we judge how hard or how bad it was, and we don't know if he'll give it. But right there in that moment when we don't know if, if there's, can I say yes? He's all a yes. It is until we are in heaven, there's always a fresh yes. You may not get to yes. experience him the way you would have back there. But you get right. to experience the same God who was then, who is now, right. who is to be yes. with that fresh yes moving forward. It's never too late. That's right. It's never too late. And I love, I love your heart because this is the message the church cannot water down. There is a standard. Yes. And I'm writing a book right now about standard bearers. There is wow. a standard that Jesus has set. And he loves us to that place. And he is not afraid to meet us in that darkness. He's not afraid to call us. In. But I love what you said. He's going to walk you to yeah. that standard. You don't have yes. to instantly go. You don't have to get there yesterday. He can do it in a moment for some people. And he right. does. But right. then other people, it's like, there's a journey to it. Yes. And, and I'm sure for some people who instantly get there, there's a new way of living and breathing again, where there's an adjustment. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. So when you're in these moments, and I mean, you have all these amazing things that you said, shame um, drove me into a cave and the walls became a den of sin, not protection. Yeah. Right. And so many times we don't recognize. So for people listening, um, how can you recognize when you've built walls? What are some, like, what are some indicators of like, oh, I've built walls and I haven't real. maybe they don't know they've built them, but that's actually not safety. That's actually an open door to sin. Yeah. You need to have people in your life that you are utterly convinced love you no matter what wow. on your worst day. I, and I honestly, I didn't know who those people were in my life. Wow. And I'd be very honest. I was, I was useful in ministry. So I was useful to people. And this is not, I, I want to say this well, because I, I love serving and I, and I don't mind being used. I don't want to be misused, but I don't mind being used, right? <laughs> We're here to be used. But I was, I realized that for some I was useful, but I wasn't a friend. And they weren't a friend to me. And I, I realized that I needed wow. people that I was utterly convinced they would love me. Wow. They would love me enough to tell me the truth. And then they would love me enough to walk with me out of the darkness into the light. If you have people who are walking with you 
who will who are afraid to be associated with you in your darkness into the light those are not your people amen those are not the right people because you gotta have people that on your worst day they'll rock a t-shirt with your face on it <laughs> why yeah you know why? i love that because, because they know what heaven has said about you yeah. You see, the strongest, most prophetic people don't just see the depth of your sin. They see the prevailing, relentless, tyrannical, strong word of the Lord over your life. Yeah. And so in fighting for you, they're also fighting for heaven to meet earth. When we say oh. as on, on earth as it is in heaven, sometimes we just we just project that onto our environment or our government or our systems. But that should be applied to our lives. Yeah. And our friends' lives. Yes. So when our friends have go through calamities or trials, and we ought to contend for them on earth as it is in heaven, because in heaven the blood speaks a better thing. Yeah. In heaven, you are his son and he's speaking over your life, your destiny. So you gotta if you don't have people in your life that can tell you you're wrong, yeah, and that you are utterly convinced that they love you. You gotta find those folks, yeah. And you gotta ask the Holy Spirit to bring them to you. And sometimes they won't—they won't be warm and fuzzy to start with. But they are. Give it time. There's a. There are people that are called to you, that are going to champion you on your worst day. When you have those folks, yeah. you will not be as afraid to tell them. Shame loses its grip when you in the in the in the space of love. Yeah. Because because shame can't. Love sucks the oxygen right out of shame. Shame can't survive in an atmosphere of love. When you are in an atmosphere where you know you are unconditionally loved, you take shame off like a coat on yeah. a hot day because you know that love is there to see. And everyone in that room is rooting for you. Everyone in that room, in that space, is believing for God's best for your Come life. On. So, yeah. You know, one of the words that I got... Um, I had, I had the joy of releasing a 2020 word over a church Sunday. And one of the things I saw that's so pivotal with what you're sharing, of course, which, it, which was part of just the global church, is that in community, we have got to show up and the things that are hidden have to come into the light. Yes. Like, we've got to find those people that we can be in family and community with. And it is so vulnerable and it is so awkward. Sometimes it's a risk. Sometimes we open up to the yes. wrong people. Yeah, but there will be the right person that comes along, and I've that—that's a journey in itself, which could be a whole other podcast in itself. Sometime I'll have to right. come on because that literally is a message in itself that I think you would probably, you and I would have a blast talking about, like yeah. finding that tribe. But yeah. but if you're being led by God and you're asking Him for it, He's gonna show you who to approach, or He will supernaturally bring Him to you. And I love, I am a very outgoing, lovey-dovey person, but the people in my life. Don't tell me what I want to hear. The people that I hear, the, and, and the people in my life tell me what I need to hear. And they tell yeah. me the truth. And it may hurt when I hear it, but ooh, am I grateful because I know it's love. And so I think that's a huge dictator too for, for or indicator that for anybody who's tuning in, like if people are telling you what you want to hear, yeah. and if they aren't actually like telling you, hey, if they aren't bringing correction with love, Th yeah. That may not be your core group that you need to be running with right. right now. And that doesn't mean you leave them. That doesn't mean they can't be a friend. That just might mean they don't need to be part of the inner circle. Because I think what you just said is the key that the love um, sucks shame out of yeah. the atmosphere. And yeah. that 
that is when you know you're surrounded by the people that you need to be surrounded by is when you feel that love. And that's who we're called to be. Jesus didn't hang out with the people who were perfect. He hung out with the people who were imperfect to show them where that standard is and what's possible so that they could show the others that standard, what's possible so that we could duplicate that, that we would be fruitful and multiply in that way. (laughs) Like, Absolutely. I love that. And even as leaders, I want to say this too, real quick, as a leader, you you have to be intentional to um, empower your team to speak into your life as well. Because sometimes you're you're with a team that doesn't, they don't think that you need them in that way. They don't think that you need uh, their insight or whatever, you know, for whatever reason. And maybe you didn't say it, maybe you didn't even imply it, but maybe you see when you people begin to follow you and join your tribe, they come with their history. So they could have come from a place where they never talked to their leader about anything. Yeah. They but what I've learned is, is that many times you may not see the sin, but you may see the sign of sin and unhealthiness. So sometimes you, the symptom of sin it could be unhealthy qualities along the way. So you may see something that just seems a little, that didn't seem super super healthy. I'm not going to call it out because it's not a sin, but that could be an indicator. And so you got to be, you got to be able as a leader, part of my um, fault in the process, what I had to take responsibility for was that I had not, I don't think I empowered the people around me enough to say, Hey, if you see this, or if this feels weird, like hit me up, tell me. You know, they honored me, they loved me, they revered me in a particular way. And I didn't see myself like that at all. So I didn't see the gap between how they revered me and where, so I saw too that that was an unhealthy blind spot. But you gotta have brothers and peers that can also say to you, listen, bro, you gotta, you know, watch out for that because that's a blind spot and we all have them. Amen. That is such a good word, Tim. That is so important. That is so powerful. I've had some uncomfortable situations with people who are older than me. And um, because, you know, uh, when you have a gift of (laughs) discernment and you have a gift of love, you can't help but say it. And you never know how it's going to go when it's the first time with somebody. And some of the most, you know, there's some people who hear it and then there's backlash talk that comes back and hits you. And you're like, that didn't happen. Okay, well. And then you might do it again and the same thing happens and you're like, they don't receive words well, you know, or correction well. Not that I'm on a witch hunt, but like, you know, you can see. And then there are those leaders who just are like, thank you. Wow. Absolutely. And to me, that's a good leader. Even if the person coming to you is wrong, you would say thank you that they had the courage enough to speak up and give them the courage to do that in other people's lives. I think that's really powerful. So- Back to the fresh yes. What, yes. or maybe maybe it's something else. What are you, could you pray or um, do you have a word for people tuning in right now that you'd like to release that is a fresh word? Yeah, I, I really believe that the Lord is going to encounter your fresh yes in this coming year in your routine, your treasure, and your tribe. Your routine, he's going to uproot and break the power of old patterns, principalities, and pathologies in your life by establishing fresh routines. Uh, Sometimes we look for the power encounter at the altar and there will be those, but I'm telling you, he's going to uproot. He's going to uproot, not just confront symptoms, but uproot the strong man of these broken places by, by initiating a new routine. Next, 
he's going he's gonna to start putting his finger on your treasure. Not just your finances, but your time. How are you safeguarding your time? You'll never get these moments back again in your life. And anytime you don't give to the Lord today, you don't get to give this time to the Lord tomorrow. Wow. You only have today to give him this time yeah. today. So he's, he's going to begin to put his finger on your routine, your treasure, which includes your finances, but also your time and your tribe. He's going to realign. A lot of people have felt displaced, but the Holy Spirit is realigning and placing orphans into family, into proper context, and your tribe is going to help you grow and flourish, and you're going to see the fruitfulness of God in this, in this season, all as you give him a fresh yes. This is amazing. I could keep going on and on. I seriously, <laughs> I know that if you're listening, I, I mean, I genuinely was crying at one point. And Tim and I can see each other right now. You saw me. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have, I just feel his, this is the gospel people. Like this is him. And if people preach, I saw a short video the other day. If people are sharing their testimony outside of um, the love and blood of Jesus, they don't need to be sharing it. And you talk about, you talk about it and it's important because it's also applicable to the word of God. And it brings us into the truth and it helps us see Jesus is the standard. And the more we behold him, the more he takes us to the standard he created us to be. We don't have to do it on our own. We don't have to hide from people. We don't have to be scared. Um, but like, it's never too late. And I cannot thank you enough for your time and for pouring into the set apart family. You are so set apart. You're so pure hearted. You're so joyful. And that joy of the Lord is totally your strength. And I would have never known you've gone through what you've gone through because it's not who you are. This is like, you are joyful. You are kind. You have so much love in your heart for people. It's so evident. And um, I just want to, I just want to bless you and just let you know, like, I can't wait for the fresh content that comes from you in the right time. And that, um, just that people would feel what I tangibly felt the love of God. I tangibly felt the gospel coming out of just that nurturing voice that you have that is so powerful. Um, and, and I just declare over you that 2020, um, Tim, 2020 for you and your wife, her name is Brandy, correct? Yes. Um, that just the surprises in hidden areas of your heart and dreams would come forth in the name of Jesus. And that um, the fresh revelations he's bringing, I just see the two of you marinating in them and it being otherworldly to a point. It's something we haven't yet heard that's coming and he's going to take you deep in it and take you deeper in it and then take you deeper in it before you can release it. But I just see this being a year of marinating before the, before the cooking, before, before we get a seat, before we get a taste and see what he's doing. This is a year of marinating for you and your wife. And I'm really excited for you. Um, I and so I thank you. Um, Tim, where can we find you? Where can my, where can my family, my set apart family find you and connect with you? Hey, yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on social media as I love worship. I L U V worship. I-L-U-V worship. And of course, you can hit us up on our church's social media, Ecos, that's E-C-O-S, church, Ecos Church, on all social media platforms. And of course, you could email the church if you like as well. That's awesome. And I've probably posted, for sure, I know I've posted and tagged him in the post on my Instagram. So if you do follow me on Instagram or Facebook, he's tagged in there. Go follow him. Guys, these are people, I do not bring people on here just because, like this man lives set apart. He is so kind and he's so generous to come and, and share this word for us, this fresh yes. So um, if you find value in this podcast, I ask you to go and subscribe, rate it, 
leave a written review. Let me know what you're getting out of this. Let me know. And I'll let Tim know what you got out of this podcast. I love encouraging my friends who come on here. I want to hear from you. Um, Sometimes it can feel like, wow, I have an invisible audience because I see (laughs) how many people are listening, but I don't know your face and I don't know your name yet, but message me and let me know how you're, how you're connecting with this um, and any ideas you have, because this is fresh, free content for you to be encouraged to be set apart. You're called to be holy. You're called yeah. to look him in the face. You're called yeah. to know that he will take you where you need to go. You don't have to get there on your own. If you just look at him, let go of your old life and walk into the new um, in Jesus name. So I pray a refreshing of you. Thank you, Tim. You're so loved. Thank you, Jamie. You're rocking it. Woo! Thank you. Bye, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday.